Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. On this episode, I sat down with the lovely Emily West. She is a performer, artist, uh, songwriter. She is an actress and a comedian. Um, She's incredibly talented. Her voice is stunning. She has a new album out. It's called Symphonies. She also has two music videos uh, in support of that record. And uh, one song is called Don't Ever Go to Paris When You're Lonely. And the other is called Heaven and Back. There's links for all that stuff on Hey Human Podcast's main website and uh, extra stuff there as well, as you know, because you're listening to the podcast and you've probably listened to other episodes. Thank you very much, which means you know the drill. The rest of the drill that I'm going to repeat, even though you know it, uh, Hey Human Podcast is on Instagram and Facebook. If you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, that's Susan Ruthism. And um, all my regular social media, if you want to follow me, it's Susan Ruthism. What else? You already know about HeyHumanPodcast.com. You already probably know that you can email me, Susan at HeyHumanPodcast.com. Uh, I love to hear from you, and I will write you back. Um, talking with Emily was really great. Um, we talked about all sorts of things, relationships, music, travel, dogs, <laughs> our families growing up. Uh, she was very open and very honest and lovely, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear what she had to say. And yeah, other than that, in the world at large, uh, we're... Uh, we're just out of the, the Hurricane Harvey devastating Texas, um, Houston, and surrounding areas. And uh, I know they still need help and uh, financial help or, you know, toothpaste or deodorant or clothing or whatever it is. If you can help, please do. Um, Hurricane Irma is, it looks like it may hit Florida. Let's hope it doesn't. Um, let's hope by the time it gets to Florida shores, it's just a sprinkle. Oh, man. I just... It's weird times. My parents, I talked to them this morning, and uh, they're on the West Coast, and the fires that are going on, you know, there's ash everywhere on their cars, and it's, it's just nutty. It's so nutty. Anyway, uh, be good to yourselves out there. Um, know that we're all in this together. I mean, I hope that as you listen to these episodes, you feel closer to your fellow human <laughs> that you you feel a kinship that um somehow this is making the web a little smaller not the world wide web but the web of humanity um that's my goal at least to do these so that you do feel like that um support each other and love each other and be good to each other and yeah all that good stuff all right enough of that let's um Let's get to the point, which is Emily West, the lovely, lovely Emily West. Hope you enjoy. Hi, Emily West. Hi, Susan. <laughs> thanks for being on Hey Human. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I feel super important. And I uh, I have arranged a bunch of fruit I, for It's you. beautiful. Uh, as I was saying that when I walked in, the arrangement is such that I thought, I wonder if she's Buddhist because 
it's so properly put out, the yeah. way a Buddhist offering would yeah, be. Yeah, the, the arrangement isn't quite to um, Martha Stewart um, par, but it, it is there. It's beautiful. I love to I The love watermelon to doesn't eat, even so. look real. Huh? The watermelon Because like it's frozen, and it's been sitting in my fridge um, oh. uncovered. Oh, so you're, you're welcome to any of that. Well, that's very kind. <laughs> Thank you. I, it looks kind of like anything sober. <laughs> I don't know. This ha your apartment is adorable. Well, thank it's you. It's like being in a treehouse, which makes me very happy. This is, I wish that the, all of your um, listeners could just look at this picture. Maybe you could post it online. But I still feel like this girl with, this is my bedroom. This is exactly how I do my decorating. It's just, I am the same girl. Gosh, I pretend, you haven't changed. I haven't changed a bit. I'm playing office. I have my mom's, her recipe cards out. And I'm like going, hello, Nancy. How are you today? Oh, I can't fit you in. The doctor can't see you. That's a and uh, anyway, it's just the kind of the same decor. I'm just dressed no, like my. Great. I'm an eighth grader. I love uh, when I was little. I used to do. Um, I I pretended I had a newspaper, mm -hmm. and so and I would send out myself as you know the the reporters that would go get the latest news. And oh, you were the reporter. Oh yeah, and the and the editor. I was. Of, you, you were everything. I was and everything. you still are. I know. You got your dream come true. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Oh so, my god. Anyway, anyway, it's great that that we've been talking about having you on for quite a while, and I'm excited that here you are, all flosh. Well, man, I love talking about me. So well, thanks good. for having me absolutely. in the world of me. Thanks yeah, for having absolutely. Me. So you were born in Waterloo, Iowa. Mm -hmm. Is that a small town? Or? Waterloo, Iowa. It's not like to the to the point where you know everyone's, you know, boyfriends with their with their brother. It's not like that. It's a city. It's a city town. Okay. Um, and I'm really proud of where I, where I come from. And any time I go play there, they're just like, actually, the last time I played, I played at the, um, um, oh, God, you're going to have to edit this. I can hardly pronounce it, The this really huge venue. It's a new one. And there was, like, a line of people that were there to see me, and a couple mean teachers were there to oh. see me. So it was like, I always thought that... You thought that I was, you know, awful, or awful, and yeah. now you're here. You're waiting in line to see me. I win. Yeah, <laughs> I had some pretty bad teachers myself, but I know. Who knows? Did you say they were mean? One was a little bit mean, but I think you know. No, after growing up, I think that she just was a woman that knew what she wanted. Yeah. She'd never wanted kids. Yeah. She, you know. Interesting. But, but but she liked to teach. But yeah. I don't understand how, how one gets Control. involved. Control. To, maybe it control, was a control people thing. that are that uh, I think I know some people that have control stuff type A stuff that they uh, like they are, were drawn to the teaching profession mm -hmm. uh, for teaching small right people right yeah <laughs> yeah you know, we are drawn to that which serves our ego completely yeah so anyway but I love um, growing up in Waterloo and that's where I come from I moved to Nashville when I was 18 I bet you dug the ABBA song uh, yeah, water, Waterloo. You know, I didn't even know that was a song until like 23. Michael Knox told oh. me he was he, he kept singing that song to me, and I'm like, What are you singing? Oh, that's so funny. What a, what a horrible melody that you're singing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, no, so I just learned what that was when I was in my 20s. Oh, yeah, that's so funny. So, were you always a musical, theatrical? When I think of you, I think of a theatrical person. The first time I met you was, you may not remember this, but I had first moved to town. Um, it's probably, I guess it would have been about 11 years ago. It was at the Red Door back when the Red Door was really cool. Mm -hmm. I remember you like met my brother in Denver. You were friends with my brother, Mark. I was? Yeah, no. I think so. Really? I think you knew my brother. I, I think you went out. 
or you didn't go out with her. Oh, wait, I want to remember no. that. <laughs> you didn't go out with her, but you like you okay. met him with was a group here? of friends. Yeah, I don't know, but I remember you were like, I know your brother, Mark Nemers. I, I think it was at Mercy Lounge, unless there's another beautiful woman named oh. Susan that. I had um, her killed, so okay. it's just me. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's not. But my my memory for the past is more spotty. But I just remember you being very vivacious and gregarious and having everybody in stitches. So that's like an imprint of when I first met you oh. that that lasted. You know, even before I ever saw you perform or anything. So yeah. what were you always that person? You know, I I wasn't, and after. Uh, copious amounts of therapy I'm discovering God, that in therapy. all those times where I was like the, the loudmouth girl out in public I don't think that I was necessarily I mean I think that there are parts of me that are funny and it you know escape to that kind of vaudeville mm-hmm. Ma- Madeline Kahn, Gilda Radner, Elaine Stritch kind of thing that is authentically I love those women I would love to be those women but I think back then I was so terrified and shy I mean, I, I essentially am a very shy person, um, but when I get alone is when I thrive and all my imaginary playmates come out. Or if we really know each other, then um, you're like, could you please be quiet? <laughs> right. You know, but I, I think when I'm out in a group, I'm either really quiet these days or um, just, um, you know, hiding or authentically just happy and doing yeah. my Madeline Kahn impersonation. Well, I think shy people, in order to compensate for that, being a shy person myself, that I think that, yeah, you, you tend to, in large groups, become the center of attention and almost a way to beat the right beat the, the panic that you're feeling Completely. on the inside. Yeah. You know? And I actually have to question, um, this is for all you psychological people out there, um, <laughs> I actually have to question if, like, wow, am I... Am I ne- Am I actually having a good time, or is this just me pretending to have a good time? Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting thought. It's just kind of interesting because when you're in an entertainment business, yeah, you're um, you're paid to go and entertain people. Right. Just all my songs are not entertaining; <laughs> they're just really sad ballads. It's my ballad salads, but I mean, there are a lot of people I'm entertained by. Um, truth and beauty and oh my gosh I can't believe he's saying that or she's saying that I feel like that I feel like that helps people but um you know in today's society I feel like we associate being happy and you know you know telling a joke to to be oh this person looks like they're doing really well but I don't know. I, I, I think the comedians are the darkest yeah. of all the creatures that roam the earth. And yeah, they, come into my lair. I'll yeah. show you all the dark I mean, stuff. that's how people deal with pain is through humor. It's, right. it's historically true. That's why the Jews are so damn funny. Oh, God, right? I love, I date you. I date, I'm dating a Jew. And, Yay. Um, and my, I'm my, people, I'm, my father's Jewish, so, you know, oh, I grew up where lucky sense thing. of humor was always, that was the thing that thrived in the house, even no matter how much the house was falling apart wow. or the, the chaos of it all there's still that the humor was still happening in its weirdest form wow that's interesting you know? but i think that's how people survive darkness absolutely you know no, because i mean and as carrie fisher said you know if it's just truth and and it's not funny it's just truth and that's that that can't happen you know <laughs> like so you got to make fun of i your love truth. her rest her soul man i love her do you know what i do at night this is where I thrive. I was going to say masturbate. For the well, I, well you'll, you'll see those later after we do our cribs. 
Um, anyway, there's there's Bibles and vibrators right in the same corner. That's good. That's, I think it's important. The duality of man yeah, duality. has got to be represented. Why don't we hang out? Oh my gosh, this is so funny. Um, what, what was I talking about with um, uh, uh, night, late at night? The, yeah, late late at night. I, I like to get all my I like to get all my bad salts, and I like to take my bubble bath with my shoes facing left. Um, but I, I put on Carrie Fisher's audiobook oh. of um, the Surrender to the Pink, or oh. Surrender the Pink and uh, Postcards from the Edge. I highly recommend Postcards from the Edge is brilliant. But watching, but listening to her read it, yeah. it's like better than the movie yeah. with Meryl Streep. And, and anyone with mommy stuff? Mommy issues? I have those and daddy issues. But like, she is such a truth teller. Yeah. She's so funny when she's telling it. Yeah. I, I just agree. love her. I love her pain, and yeah. I love her, the way that she talks. Well, like every great comedian, she's not afraid to stand in her fear. Right, and I have a hard time with that. I'm yeah, doing that now. Yeah, my dad said to me once, which I thought was really interesting. We were talking about bravery, and uh, my father is a very wise soul indeed. <laughs> and um, he said, you know, people confuse bravery with an absence of fear, and that's not what it is at all. It's in fact being absolutely terrified and doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. And it, and I think of that often because it, in truth that is the bravest thing we can do. Mm -hmm. So, and, and you speak of like the, we live in an age where, um, where truth maybe doesn't resonate as much, but I think that's because people are so afraid to I don't, feel anything. Wow. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I concur and I agree. But I have always been drawn to the people that are in the fire they feel Speaking things. Of, yeah, fire truck. Oh, fire that's the strength. As if on cue. That was that was cute. You didn't even have to put that in your sonic old notes. <laughs> yeah, this is not NPR. That <laughs> this is so funny. But like, no, I mean, I here's uh, I have a lot of fears, and um, you know, I just I feel like I have this this old soul that um, was told really really young that wow, you're you're talented, you have a voice. I didn't really know. I just mimicked people, mm. and then I um. I was dyslexic. I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't, I charmed my way through school. I didn't go to high school. I mean, I graduated from high school, I think. I graduated <laughs> early, then moved to Nashville. But I just, I question if I'm smart. I question if I'm street smart all the time. I wake up and I, I mean, I don't even know what I'm saying half the time. I don't have any bullet points or anything. But I'm learning. I've made a, I've made a living of playing music my whole life, and I don't know how to play an, an, an instrument. Yeah. You saw me at the songwriters night. Yeah. I was like, but you, you know were what? brave and did it anyway. I, I was bra I'm like, look, I'm gonna sing a song called American Ac Actress. I just wrote it. It's a, it has three chords. Killer. I don't think I'm gonna screw it up, but it's of killer, course. killer song. <laughs> Thank you. Killer song. I gave, I did it. The verse, you just stand the same chord, and it, it, did, it didn't happen. And Britain ended up saving the day. But um, anyway, I just that's such a fear for me. It's just playing the guitar and singing at the same time, like the coordination, like yeah, drummers I, I, coordinate. I just. I don't know. I feel like I've been told you're good at this, so just keep doing that. And then now I'm branching out into other things. Like, it is amazing how much we believe what we're told. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. I feel like that's not only is life about learning to love oneself and others. It's also learning how to unravel all the stories we've been told about ourselves that may or may not be true. Wow. Yeah. You know, and rewriting them, mm -hmm. being okay with like pulling out the eraser and be like, you know what? I don't like that chapter. I, I think that was wrong. That's true. You know? Man, I want to just talk to you. Turn the tape off so we can start crying. <laughs> You're we, welcome to cry. we have cried on this show I before. I mean, like, I, I'm like, now I'm obsessed with your podcast because if this is what you do, 
Um, it, it varies from it person really to person, you know? I, every story is different. That's why I'm doing it, because yeah. every story is different. And even though every story is different, we're all the same, no matter what. Yeah, true. So, for Very me, that's... True. This is my little holding on to the hope that humanity will remember who it is. Well, and you're also the last person that actually likes to listen to people. <laughs> if you think about it, everyone wants to talk about themselves. In the selfie world that we live in, it, and right now she's making eye contact with me. Like, you, don't, your eyes don't leave my eyes, and that makes me nervous sometimes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, like, I just, I really, I really think that's such a gift to have your, your compassion and your... Oh, thank you. That's you know, very especially kind. coming from the world that you lived in and your upbringing, and yeah. just from little that I know about you with what, the dinner that we had, which yeah. I don't know what they know, and we don't even talk about it. But anyway, I just think that that's just absolutely. Well, thank you. Like, that's such a gift. It's very kind. It's funny the eye thing. I, I had some friends over to watch a movie last night, and uh, the in the movie that it was We Are the Millers, and they're have you seen this movie? No, We Are. No, okay, well, in it, I don't want to spoiler alert anyone, but it's a very funny movie. But in it, the one of the young man is being taught how to kiss by two of the the female characters, and he's keeping his eyes open, and they're yelling at him. And to my friends that were sitting around, I was like, "Wait, I think I sometimes keep my eyes open when when I kiss. Is that is that am I not supposed to do that?" Don't and do then that, I had Susan. and then I had this like little mini panic attack for the last guy I kissed. I thought, oh, "Is." did I do that wrong? And then, you know, I think, but he looked at me. And, and so then we got into this little mini debate about whether, and half of the room said, you definitely never open your eyes and you kiss. And the other half is like, you can do it sometimes. But <laughs> Well, I mean, what, I'm you know what? Woman, whatever feels right. You can open your eyes if you want to. You can put tongue in there too. Oh. You can lick their nose. Maybe by like, you, you know, licking them. That's like the third year of marriage is the nose licking. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I don't. I, sometimes I take, when I take I'm being slow. <laughs> Susan, next time you go on your next date or whatever, this is what I used to do. I used to like to, you know, I bought a, a wedding veil at like a Goodwill. And anytime someone picked me up from my first date, I would open the door and be wearing the wedding veil. That go, is Hi, come amazing. In. <gasps> I'm so happy you're here. Just to see if they have a sense of humor or Smart. not. Smart. Because then you just, if they're not laughing, you just say, look, I just. I got I got a case of some comp some constipation. You gotta get going. Yeah. You know, just to see your if dream they guy easily. will just pull out a ring one He'll day. He'll just be like, oh, okay, let's. I get the, it. This is on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. I'll watch that reality show. <laughs> I don't really watch those, but that one sounds entertaining. I think they actually have done that. It's married at first sight. So. Oh really? Yeah. There's a there's a reality TV show for everything. Turn my phone off. They even, I used to joke that they need the reality show, well, no, we've jumped the shark when it's who wants my kidney. And I would joke about that. Like, <laughs> but, and, and there was one in like Asia or something, they had one where people were vying for um, organs from people. And, uh, and then, of course, everybody freaked out and it got canceled. I oh thought, my oh my God. God. <laughs> ah, what is the world coming to? Anyway, enough about all that crap. So, Childhood, you were, did you do musicals and stuff, or were you like... No, it, this is the funniest thing about me, is that I've only, I grew, I cut my tooth, my little tooth that sticks out, I cut my tooth on um, Annie, the soundtrack. The best. This, I mean, I would dance to Annie, the soundtrack, and Sandy Patty, because I grew up in a Christian home, oh. you know, where, like, if you had anything with a beat, it wasn't right. Like, and then the, we, were, we weren't supposed to watch MTV, and I remember one time I rebelled and it turned on MTV, and... Billy um, Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire was on, oh. and I go, oh my gosh, they're having hell on TV. This is so true. My parents were right. 
you know, weed and stuff and the yeah. flames. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, I did. I haven't really seen that many musicals. Funny Girl, Sound of Music, oh. Annie, and um, that's pretty much. Okay, you need to get you to some Danny Kay. Don't know that. Danny and Kay is one of my all-time. He's one of my heroes. I wanted to be him when I was little, and he is hysterical and brilliant and I feel like you would love Danny Kay. Well I need to get into that. I will yeah. write that down. Yeah. Um but like you know, it's just funny that I, I don't I don't imitate musicals. I just I I just like Yeah. Those three that so I So what love. started you on that journey then? Um, with musicals, well... No, with music and... Like, with music and general? Say, I'm going to be when, an artist. Oh, you want to know my story? Okay, well, yeah. when I was... Um, my sister was in a pageant in, in Iowa, and like, she pageant? was she was in one pageant, okay. and I was seven at the time, and I remember being completely... I was hooked on the lights, the hairspray, the, the glittery gowns, and very much jealous of the attention she was getting, and it was just this... I loved like all those tan girls running around with their side scrunchies and their ponytails and Cindy Lauper. They were dancing to Cindy Lauper girls just when I had fun. And I, there's a picture of me sitting on my mom and dad's lap, just envious and so I was so jealous. So like, after you know she won Miss Con- Congeniality, my mom, I was begging my mom to be in a pageant. So she found a pageant at the Holiday Inn in Muscatine, Iowa, and there were six girls there. I had to have a talent. I said. Well, I'm going to sing Patsy, Patsy Cline because two weeks ago, Mackenzie played me this cassette tape of this woman singing, and it blew my mind. My mom didn't know I could sing, so she went to, to the Goodwill. She spray-painted some boots, cherry red, that didn't fit my feet, bought me a Walmart outfit, and I sang Walking After Midnight. I growled on the key change, change part. I just copied Patsy Cline. I, I imitated Patsy's singing like that, and my hat was... You can't see what I just did because we're. She was. She was. I was I, you were moseying. I, I was think. moseying. Was that a mosey? I was. I was. Yeah. A, I felt be, that. before emojis. I was. There was a moseying. And I was. Um, I won the whole little Miss Talent thing, and then my mom asked me if I wanted to take voice lessons in the mall, and I said nope because I hated learning. I was dyslexic, and I. She goes. I said, wait a minute. Will I get to sing in a microphone? And she goes, I'm sure. And I go, book it. So. I took lessons from this woman named Lee March, and it kind of developed me. I started singing at car washes. She told me I was really good, uh-huh. and I think getting attention from an from an adult and getting that early praise from all these adults, like I was like it. That was my safety net is to be talented. So I kept winning these karaoke contests. I beat Lee March in <laughs> one of the karaoke. Uh, show and then I started going to Nashville when I was 14 with my parents. We drove up and down Music Row trying to get a record deal. Back Caught, when people did that. Back when people did that. You knocked on doors, you handed them your, your, your tape and your picture. And Kyle Lenning, I still have the, the letter of Kyle Lenning writing me a letter saying, look, this, this business is super hard. You're, um, you're, you're way too young to, to, to be here. I think you're incredibly gifted. But, um, and I sang with a bubble in my throat. You know? But um, anyway, I just I was hooked, and then um, and then I just started. I made an, a cassette tape named Emily Rose. I was renamed Emily Rose by a manager that took all of our money. You know your your basic story. Classic, classic story. And but I, I met Mark Friedman, our good friend. Yeah. Through that whole situ- situation, and I just kind of figured out who I was. Then I moved here when I was 18, got my car repossessed, signed to Warner Chapel, you know, learned to be an adult, still trying to learn to be an adult. 
and uh, started writing songs because that's what I was told to do. Mm -hmm. And the reason, I mean, I honestly don't think that I'm a writer. I, I, I don't, like me saying that I, I, I am a writer, but the more that I follow the etiquette of how to write, I, I'm just not. But I am a, a writer of truth, and I probably will write a book one day, just mm -hmm. because I have so many stories. But I, I just pretended to learn how to write songs my whole life. That's why I don't know how to play an instrument, because I just had this other voice, you know, right. this voice. Sure. But um, it took me a while to really find out who I was, and you know, when you have people going, "Oh man, you're so you're so talented," but what do we do with with you? You start again. You believe what people say. You just start to to feel like unfigureoutable and kind of kind of lost and then but with that I just started to rebel and I started to listen to you know the people I did in my bedroom like Bette Midler and Barbara Streisand and um, Judy Garland Patsy Cline and you know those rich torch singer voices and I just was like I'm sick of trying to be like everyone else trying to write songs about well I wore tight jeans and I rode the tractor <laughs> you know not like that was yeah, a song know, yeah, but right. I just that was a song, but for Kenny Chesney. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, <laughs> he had a lot of tractor songs. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just tried to fit into this world, and I felt like I was acting the whole time, um, and it just felt awful. I I just hated it. Well, and there's something to be said about the when when you see someone on stage, and they're singing songs, whether they wrote them or not, if they don't believe what they're saying. That I can see through that. Yeah, right and it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to watch that. It doesn't mm -hmm. feel good to feel that. There's no connection. There's no um, communion mm -hmm. with that. Right. So the first time I saw you perform, uh, first of all, the place was dead silent, which was great, because you don't get that a whole lot in general. People, you know, in you, the royal you, the world does not these days, I should say, maybe appreciate hearing the music on stage. There's a lot of talking and things like this, but in this instance, it was dead silent. And this was a, m a long time ago, and I just remember going like, who the fuck is this? Your voice and your truth came out so much. And I think it was at a time when you were definitely still in the machine mm -hmm. that is this industry. Mm -hmm. But... Um, but you can't keep a good man down. You know, I think no matter what, the truth of you always eked through. Right. Even if you, I'm just saying that to you, that even if you felt like you weren't being real, it's certainly from the perspective of at least me, that was coming, the truth of you was still coming through, mm -hmm. you know. And then just like two years ago, I saw you at uh, Third and Lindsley, and somebody yelled out to do this song, and you did it. It was, uh, it was a glory... Gloria, Glory, Gloriana, Gloriana, yeah, and I tell you what, I wept oh. during that. Which, I mean, that's communion. That's mm -hmm. the moment where whatever the universe is made of, whether you believe in God or stardust or science or whatever, it's like this thing comes down through the person and then out into the audience, and it's like we're all one person. Mm. It's such a beautiful wow, thing. You're such a beautiful light. You know, it's thank like, you for saying that. Yeah, so um, that. Thank you. That song I wrote with K.S. Rhodes, who is one of my favorite humans He's ever. He's super talented. And he has a way of just, um, he can hit a chord and then it melodies just, I feel like I know sh shit. Yeah. <laughs> he builds this one chord and it's yeah. like, Grr. Yeah. But we wrote that song and um, 
it was just we were into sig sigra sigros yes. sigros 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 sig- I, I, I don't know who you're how saying. do you say that name sig sigros sigros it's cigarettes. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We know what we're saying. We just, uh, yeah, like that was that was a special song. That that is a special song, and I appreciate you saying that. And you know, I credit the audience too when they're they're quiet, um, because you don't really get a lot of that. And I credit anyone, even if they're loud with their shoes on, when you go out to a show to support art in the world of YouTube, where you don't have to go sure. out anymore. Absolutely. Um, I've especially taken advantage of that, and just, um, but you know, it's it's. Uh, it's wonderful when someone wants to hear you, and right. I'm very grateful for that. Um, I still get nervous because they're, I don't feel worthy of it. Um, so when they're, when they're listening, I feel, I feel really good. I think nervousness nervous is well. just reminding you you're alive. I mm-hmm. mean, if you stop ever feeling nervous, you've sort of, in a way, let go of that childlike wonder that's like, what's going to happen next, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, and I also think that that's kind of the thing I'm trying to break. We're getting intimate here. That's the thing I'm trying to break is trying to please people. Mm. Just because when you're on stage and no one's paying attention, you're going to try anything. That's mm. why people are, you know, pulling their tits out all the time or they're, you know, just doing shock-valued things just to get attention. Um, and I guess um, a part of me, like I love that I grew up singing, but in some way I just feel like I've, I've hid behind that. So. Um, hid behind. Hoping, it just hid behind, um, you know, whatever it is I was afraid, when I was really afraid to be seen. If I didn't have anything to say, that's just, like, sometimes I talk too much if I'm nervous. I'm probably talking too much. I'm not maybe making a point. But I just, to just be quiet for me is a big thing. I've tried the meditation thing, but oh, it's uh, so hard. It's really hard. It is My whole hard. point to that was... What was I saying? What was I even getting to? I don't even know. I think we were talking about whether how you feel when people aren't listening versus are, and just that the well, yeah. pandemonium that has ensued with uh, artists trying to get attention. And right, right. I, I feel like um, I try if I know. I feel like I know my my audience, and I need to trust them more, knowing that maybe smart people might come and just want to not be entertained all the time and just hear truth. You don't need to make everything up comedy bit just because I'm the one that's nervous yeah um but I get really nervous in a crowd if no one is if I'm going to a show and someone is like um over trying and I can see it yeah I'm just a judgmental person and that probably has something to do with me and my own oh sure I mean we see in in others what is in us right in order to reflect it off of ourselves right yeah that's kind of the thing humans do Elaine Stritch she does this um I what I do is I look up YouTube interviews of all my favorite heroes and Elaine Stritch is talking about talent and she goes if you don't have talent Get off the stage. You're wasting my time. But if you got it, and I'm talking Mama Rose got it, oh, now that's coffee. That's coffee. Like, it it just turns her on so yeah, bad. Sure. And I just, I really, I appreciate the honesty, and I, I also agree with her, but I also know that it's hard up there on stage it and is. you're vulnerable. Yeah. And um, I, I appreciate the ones that are in their stride learning and how to figure out entertainment because I'm still learning. And it's a different game now uh-huh. than perhaps when we were younger trying uh-huh. to figure it out uh-huh. for sure. And different things matter to people that maybe, you know, 
it's it's a weird it's a weird time for the entertainment world when things like how many people like your Facebook page oh, seems to be more important than the talent. Yeah, and I, it's funny. I think about this stuff a lot actually, and I um, like reality TV shows being a prime example of that. Way back in the Roman Empire, let's say, what did people do for entertainment? But they watched men being slaughtered by lions, or live, live with or, no filter, right? Or men being slaughtered by other men, or whatever it was, you know. And they, I think that there will always be that sense in humans to need something more uh, demonstrative, for lack of a better word. What does that mean? Like, like, like how the reality that. shows are so over the top, or how, um, you know, Lady Gaga is a good example. She was always an extraordinary pianist and singer, but nobody noticed until she slapped some beef on her face and, like, wore a bikini, right? Yeah. And it seems like, wow, really? Like, she's the same person. And we are in a city where... You're nothing until you get that first big like single or something, mm -hmm. and nobody gives a crap until that happens. But you're still that s same person, mm -hmm. if, whether you have a publishing deal or not a publishing deal, whether you have a hit song or not a hit song. It doesn't fundamentally change anything. Mm -hmm. It's literally a question of 24 hours, right? Which I, I find this to be a fascinating subject. Yeah, it speaks so much to who we are as as human beings. Everyone's so scared. Music industry people are scared to lose their jobs. They're scared to pick this one if this one isn't a winner. They're scared to not pick that one if that one is a winner. Completely. Or like, what's the deal? She's had over this many record deals, and that's it. Vince McGill had over like I don't know, twelve record deals or something. And people pass uh, on the Beatles for being too guitar-y. I, I mean, whatever you know. That's why I think it's important. And I think Tom Waits, when he was young, he had like this persona of him being an old man that just drinks all the time because he didn't want to really be him. But it was like a character. Rand Randy Newman was a character. Lady Gaga had a character. Now Miley Cyrus, I think that's who she is. Maybe just with you know just the trends and stuff. Yeah. But I do feel like you hire the style the the stylist that tells you who you are if you don't know who you are. But I think people like real artists like La Lady Gaga. I really. I love Lady Gaga. I do too. I think, I she's think fantastic. that she like she can take off her makeup and she can become this true person, and then she can also become the meat, you know, person. person. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, man. Well, she understands the concept of character. Yes. Yeah. Are you watching Glow on Netflix? I love that show. That show, it was so First amazing. I love Mark Maron anyway. Oh, Mark Maron. That show is fantastic. It's so great. Yeah. And it, it was it was kind of fun for me to watch it because they had to develop these characters yeah. and I struggle with that too I'm like okay am I a character am I a character now or am I not but like if I invented a character on stage ooh, that would be so fun I could wear a bear outfit and sing a really sad song <laughs> yes. wouldn't that be cute I think Lan Annie Lennox did that she, remember yeah I actually do remember that she Judy Garland did it she yeah. dresses Annie Lennox is a great example of somebody that played a persona of the you know the androgyny David Bowie as well, like all these people, yeah. Even to some extent, like the Mick Jaggers of the world, mm -hmm. they're all in a persona mm -hmm. of their own. Yeah. Divide. Um, you speak of characters and trying to figure out who you are. You did this when we did our round together, and you did uh, American Actress. Yes. Which, first of all, when I found out that you wrote that, I was sh I was shocked that you wrote that and that you wrote the the Don't Ever Go to Paris and You're Lonely. Not that because I don't think you could write them, but because they are so 
they are songs that emulate a classic feel. And so they sound like they were written a hundred years ago. And I mean mm. that in the biggest compliment sense. They don't sound like somebody just went in a room and, you know, three hours later had this song. They sound like something that Gershwin wrote. Or, oh, wow. Do you know what I mean? Like, they had, they're really needy. They, they're very touching. They're sublime. Like, these songs, they're saying something without shoving it down the listener's throat. It's, it's very tricky to combine all those things. But the thing that struck me with the American Actress song is that it sounded, as I was listening to it, I said, man, she really knows how to... Because I didn't really know, because I don't know you very well, so I don't know if you're a cover. Well, I'm always changing. Well, yeah, and I just I don't, don't know, know who I'm going to run into. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great some, quote right Some there. say that I'm unstable. I go from Garbo to Grey. Right, that's the line You never know song. what you're going to get. Exactly, and I thought, listening to that, I thought, man, if that if she wrote that, that is, talk about laying yourself bare. So would you talk about that song oh, for absolutely. a minute and what it means to you? And, and as you say, you're always reinventing or even maybe hiding from who you are or trying to figure out who you are, how that song speaks to that. Yeah, um, man, I, it, um, Read that, sorry, that, say that, that line again, just because I, I don't think people caught that that was from the song. Say that again. Well, it all, it all start. it was, um, me learning the, the guitar and I have three chords that I know and I just was kind of strum and what I, I don't know what chords to go back to, so I was kind of struggling and I, but I wrote this journal and and entry, and I was I'm going to therapy, and I'm dating this guy, and I'm always changing because I don't want to lose him, but then I don't really want a relationship, and I'm just I'm a mess, you know, and that's okay to to be in that place, and I think that we should be a little bit more honest with ourselves, but I do, I have hidden behind. I mean, anytime I go out, I'm like, okay, who am I going to be? Am I going to be the shy girl that's like really smart, or am I going to do this? Or am I going to be loud? Like, what kind of? Per it's really it's it's hard for me to go out. But the first line is, um, you just want the, like the chorus is whatever, whatever. Some some say that I'm unstable because I go from Garbo to Grable, scared to death that one day you'll get bored. I'll lay across your mattress like a real American actress, and I've been that way ever since the day I was born. It gives me shivers. It's brilliant. I mean, it really, truly is. And and when you sang that, I was like, damn, she feels that, as do many people. I think. We're constantly, no matter how um, evolved, we're always evolving, but wherever, wherever we are, no matter how grounded it feels in the moment, the second we interact with another human being, all the shit's out the window, it feels Completely. like. And it's like, okay, who am I in this moment? What are, who, are, who am I in reference to them? It's right. like this constant blinding mirror back and forth. Right. And so I think that your saying those lines is going to resonate so much with people. Right. Well, how is it resonating with you? Oh, man, you're so great. You're like an, an, a wonderful Oprah. <laughs> like, just you such get a, a car. gift. Today is you such get a, a gift. Car. I love questions like this. Um, I, it just resonates because I am strong. I mean, I just, I'm going to therapy to figure out who I am. Like, like who, I, who I am without hiding behind a religion that I was told to to love Jesus at a very young age, and I do, but I'm discovering who he really is from my perspective instead of someone else's perspective. Um, also politically what I believe. I don't watch the news. I, you know, a man, I hide behind, you know, a relationship. I become whoever he wants me to be for a little bit, and then all of a sudden I go, oh, I don't know if I like this. 
and then I run and then you know and I think it all stems from being an entertainer and being taking a lot of energies on and being em em empathetic because I do I want everyone to like me so but I mean just without anything without without someone telling me who I am and telling my own story for for me you know this is who she is Look, just looking at that I mean I'm I, w I can't believe that I was born I'm here for a reason I'm such a gift life is such a gift I was given a gift and the, the more that I just say this gift isn't mine mm. it's it's not mine to have and to have an ego with and I just enjoy the process and I enjoy the people and enjoy the people that believe in me that love me for who I am whoever I'm at you know <laughs> who, who whoever I am because those people authentically see me and at, at my core, and I have to remember that um, in the midst of everything with music business. I mean, I'm I'm a child of God, and I have been given a gift, and I don't know what is going to happen. But I, I really think that there's that gives me peace. Because if I get in my own head too much, I'll write another American actress, and it won't be that great. Because I'll be, you know, 40, and all right, figure it out already. Just, but um, you know, I just I love sad. Melodies telling me horrible things. I just love that. I think that's my church, mm -hmm. and um, most people like babies or you know trees. I love beautiful songs. Yeah, that's that's my tree is a beautiful song, and I just I love it. it I hate the music business. I'm like a I'm like a dog when it comes to anyone wanting to manage me or. You know, How do you just, mean? Well, just because, you know. Who's in, who's managing artists? We got so many artists here in this town, and very few people that know what to do with where the music is going. And you know, to put your trust into someone um, is just hard. I feel like a dog that nobody, you know, I feel kind of like a dog that's gonna bite a baby, you know, because if I if you're if you believe in me too much. I'm like, okay, how are you going to screw me over? It's just really, I you know, those yeah. those things. I've just had a lot of, um, it's just, I think that everyone is kind of confused with where it's going. Yeah. And the more that I think about it, the more sad I get. So I just write music and I just go walk my dog and and do my hair. And you have a dog? Well, it's actually a sad story. Um, it, I do have a dog. Sometimes it's with me and sometimes it's not. My parents, oh, okay. they have a backyard. Oh, nice. Okay. So, and yeah. it's getting crowded over Nashville and the cars and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I just, she loves Moosey too, who is my Jewish dog. Oh. Who's my, my mom's Jewish dog and they, nice. they live together. Okay, good, good. I love so, dogs. I'm a big fan. Too. Big fan. I do too. The truest hearts there are, there could ever be is a dog. Yeah. Um, okay, so you, it's, it's interesting because Whenever I talk to somebody who struggles with the, all the things that we struggle with as a human being, with the ego and getting out of our own way and not sure sure of ourselves and all the stuff that goes with being a person, and then you throw yourself into the most Roman of arenas, you were on America's Got Talent. Yeah. How the hell do you navigate something like that where not only are people judging you on your voice and your talent, let's be honest people are judging you on is your hair in place oh, is Lord. your ass too big yes yeah, you're completely you know what I mean like all that stuff so how did you wrap your brain around that well I do you know I was in New York at the time I wanted to move there just because I I had to get out of Nashville it was I love my family very much but there's a lot of codependency there and they were just you know 
I just needed to just figure it out and it was my dream to move so I sold my car everyone was terrified I ended up putting this Facebook post up online I was in Astoria watching my clothes spin in the dryer going oh my gosh I said goodbye to my dog I sold my car now what but man I feel free and that was the that was the coolest moment of my life and it was terrifying but I was there and I didn't know where God was gonna take me and then all of a sudden everybody just everyone like Daryl Brown and um, you know he hooked me up with um, just some people in New New York and that led me to America's Got Talent now I wasn't a fan of going on that show I really had my doubts because I know in reality TV they they can make you look really bad I mean, they can make you, they can ask you questions, and then they can skew the interview and edit it in a way. And I was like, you know what? I don't have anything to lose, and I'm running out of money. And the only thing that can save me is my is my voice here. And it's, even if I get a thousand more views on a YouTube video of mine, that'd be great, you know? Because maybe a producer will see it, and then I can go on Broadway. But it ended up working for, for me, and I told my story, which was a really hard story to tell. I said I had a record deal. I was a country singer. Now I live with my parents. And, you know, I'm in my 30s, and I don't know where I'm going to go, but I just was vulnerable and uh, sad as I could. Not sad, but hope, hopeful, and I think that everyone wanted the underdog to, to win in that, in that case. So um, I went on in that weird outfit, and, um, and they, they flew Jesse Hall out to play with me, and... I don't, I don't know how to do much, but I know how to sing. I will tell you that. I was not scared. I mean, I was just like, whatever. And Howard Stern trying to throw me under the bus going, so I hear you're having a hard time in your career. Like the first moment I... I it's a very high Howard Sterny question. And I go, oh yeah, I said it, because the subway is so hard. And I watched a Cindy Lauper in her interview on David Letterman, who was, he was trying to throw her under the bus, because she had this character like, yeah, I was at the bus the other day, and, you know, and she, he, she just fed him lines like, I'll be the idiot you want me to be, and just play this character, and I think that's what made him like me, just the fact that I was, yeah, uh, you're not going to do that to me in front of millions of people, yes, yeah. I'm having a very hard time, I'm in my 30s trying out with all these children on a show, but man, that was such a gift to be on the show, because it, it brought me to a new level. It was everything I've ever dreamed of, singing at Radio, Medi at Radio City Music Hall with an orchestra in a gown. It was like... That gown was something. Oh, my, so many gowns. They were like... That red one, though, that's the one I'm thinking of. Oh, like the women that make these gowns, they handmade these gowns for me, and I felt like Cinderella, like birds were flying and holding up the fabric, and I just was <laughs> in New York, and it was a dream. Um, it was scary at the end because... You have to quick, you know. You have to work quick on your feet with all the people. You have all these people's attention, and you have to make a record now. So we made a record really quick under Sony, and um, and it was in Target, and that was great. It was my CD was at Target, right next to Taylor Swift. Yeah. So how how does one move from that moment to the moment you're in now? Um. Well, let's see. I was signed to Sony, and that's kind of the deal that I had to sign because yeah. when you do the the contract. And you came in second. You the the. I came in runner up. The magician. The magician one. Yeah. Which you know, honestly, I wanted to go back and see Tennessee again. I was like, because well, the I next hear it's day, not great to win those. It's better to not win those, from what I understand. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 mean, I guess I so. I mean, I I would have been 
that would have been a little rich. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I, I mean, it's, for money, it's, it's only right. about if you break it down, it's not that. It's yeah. not a million dollars. Yeah. But you know, whatever whatever worked out, it, it worked out, and um, I got to make a, a record with my good friend Dustin um, Ransom, and he played everything himself. We made the record within gosh two months, and everyone seemed to like it. We did the songs from um, uh, from the show like Nights in White Satin, which. If I'm fully honest, I can't stand playing live. It's just everyone I know, if you're listening, you love it, but I probably will never sing it. It's so melodramatic, and I don't know what the words mean. These hippies are <laughs> writing songs that I don't understand, but it's a beautiful song. A lot song. of LSD. Yeah, a lot of LSD, man. Um, which, so anyway, I, um, but I got the opportunity to, you know, go to New York and do a residency, and then, then Los Angeles and Chicago, and, and then I got to tour the world and with toured with Jay Leno and that was a dream come true with the most kind most kind man I've ever met I've heard he's very nice incredibly down to earth mm -hmm. um, a lot and just got to sing with Cindy Lauper who I love who I adore she gave me my favorite advice I've, I've ever gotten she said I said Cindy I'm this is before I was on the show she came to Nashville and I go Cindy I, I'm I want to move to New York and I just I'm terrified of making some choices and she goes Kid, don't be terrified. All you gotta do is turn up the music and spirit dance. Go take some spirit dancing classes. It'll free your mind up. Next, and then and she gave me a hug. She was right. Go take. Don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Just move around in your living room and dance to some Steve Win Winwood, and the world goes away. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, but that was such a gift. I don't know what I'm doing now. I'm releasing a, a very excited about this record that I'm. Yes, let's talk releasing. about that. Um, Good so, segue. Segue. Such a professional. Segue. Hello, baby cakes. <laughs> Show business. Um, I started making the record that I'm releasing in August when I was still under Sony. They heard some of the stuff and they were like, oh, I don't know if we believe in this music. And I'm like, I do. So they decided they were going to do a single deal on me. And, and then I was like, oh, well, I want to make a full record. I don't want to be old on a record label anymore we've done that and that's not fun so they were kind enough to let me go and I got to make a record with one of another hero of mine Daniel Tashin and it is basically a dark Disney Barbra Streisand Petula Clark Annie Lennox Joe Jackson beautiful dream and it's a six song EP and it's entitled symphonies and we've Symphony. been making videos and I've been having a blast and I'm so grateful because out of all this, Mark Friedman has has believed in me the whole time. Yes, and has he's certainly a, absolutely a champion of you, as as he should be. I mean, yeah. So well, you've known him a very long time. I have, I yeah. have, and I, you know, I struggle. I'm like, hey, listen, Mark, I can write country songs if you need me to write country. So he goes, no, please don't do that. I need you to be you. Just keep doing you. Yeah, I appreciate that in a music person. Completely, when I, when you don't have anyone doing that these days. Yeah, when I signed there, uh, he said I. We had a conversation because I was, you know, turning in some country songs or whatever, and and I get it, and I do that as well. Do the try and do the commercial country, and but I said to him like. Is it cool if maybe for every commercial radio song I turn in, I can turn in like nine of the songs that I really want to be writing? You know, like, do you, do you, are you cool with that? And he said, absolutely. Like he gets, he gets our need to be who we are. Yeah. Which I think is 
maybe rare. Maybe it's not rare, but I think I feel like it's rare in right. in this business. To you know, I think you're a pretty deep well, and I think that if you continue to write your truth, I think that's that's where the hit is going to be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I, think, I think that's and true I think for Mark is smart enough to, yeah. to know that. Those of you who do not know who we are talking about, this is the president of our new publishing company, yes, Danish Music, yeah. and. Um, yeah, you don't have people that think like that anymore. Um, don't you like my pillow that I have between my legs so you don't see my magical parts? It's good. It's very much like getting a petty. <laughs> Your magical parts. My magical part <laughs> that got me my deluge deal. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be like that in the music industry. I, I, mean, I guess it's still like that in the industry, but not for us. Cause no. We got that thing called talent, kid. Yeah, we're girls with mouths, but we don't need to use them. That's right. Mine's, mine's been sleeping for a while, but anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> How is your dating life going? What's oh, happening? you know, I don't really, I, I'm, first of all, I'm super busy, um, uh, but I don't really date. I don't really get asked as mu much either, you know? I think it's because what I'm probably... What do you mean as much? Well, I mean, people don't just go, hey, I think people are so used to, like, the app dating and stuff like that. Swipe right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, and I'm not on... I have no judgment on that. I'm just not on those things. And I think the art of asking a girl out or asking a girl asking a guy out is uh, lost in a way, mm -hmm. and I just don't think it happens as much. Also, I'm weird. I have had experiences where I've been in bars and casually talk to the man next to me or the boy next to me or whatever and say, oh, and just start up a conversation because I'm interested in people and having the conversation, and then they think you're hitting on them. And then it's this awkward thing like, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not hitting on you. I'm just trying to have a conversation. Right. So there's that. So maybe I'm just not good at it. Well, no, I think that you're just probably still a, an incredible human and we're all lost on our phones and stuff but it's like you're like a Woody Allen girl like you're you're like Diane Keaton you're Annie Hall you I know? think that's a and huge there's, compliment there's Thank not you. a lot of girls that are like that you're very deep well I'm also not afraid to be alone and I think exactly. because I'm okay with my own company right I find myself in in space that that I'm fine with every once in a while like everyone, I get lonely and I think, oh, I should get a dog. Because, <laughs> you know, my dog Why passed don't away. You get a dog? My dog passed away about a year and a half ago, and oh. I'm just not ready to yeah. go there yet. Um, that was more of a joke. It's like, oh, I need to get a dog instead of a date. But I just, I find that so many people believe that other people are meant to complete them, and I'm not looking for that person. I'm not really looking anyway, but somebody that comes to the door who understands that they're growing, yes, that they're always learning, that they're curious, but at the same sense, they're also not expecting me to fulfill them. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A partnership, like a real partnership. And if it doesn't exist, I'm okay with that too. Mm -hmm. I don't need to fake my way through stuff right. at this point in my life. It doesn't feel right to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know what any of that means. Yeah, you can't, you can't shine someone else's ship when your boat is sinking. You gotta be. That's great. Yeah. You have to, um, and that's hard because in in the world where where men, you know, we all are insecure, men and women. But um, you know, you gotta find a strong. You're, the, the, if if and when it happens, and I'm sure it will, whatever. But it's gonna be your, yeah. your man's gonna be pretty earthly and solid and down to earth, understanding. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he might be a younger man too. Oh, I totally think that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm okay Because you're going to teach him things. 
a lot of things. I've dated a few younger men, and I very much enjoy it. Um, not to say that older men, there's anything wrong with that. I've dated older men as well. I, I joke that I have about a 16-year window, so in either direction. So, you know. 16-year <laughs> window. If they have their driver's license, if they can vote, and if they can go to a bar legally. All those things. All those I, things are great. Yeah. Then then, then you're up, you can join the table. Uh-huh. Thing. Before, before being able to vote, I think you're... Or, I'm sorry, before legally being able to drink. That's getting a little young, but, yeah. you know. I actually was at a party <laughs> with a girlfriend of mine, and uh, there was a, a wide breadth of, of age groups because people brought their children and their friends of friends and all this stuff, and there was a, a young man, couldn't have been more than 17, and it was a pool party, if you get where I'm going. Like, just a nice specimen. And I turned to a my nice friend. Specimen. I turned to my, my girlfriend and I said, I think I might be a pedophile. <laughs> And she turned and looked, and she's like, oh, yeah, I get it. I mean, he was beautiful. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm checking out a 17-year-old boy. There was something wrong with me. Well, But, you know, whatever, nature. Well, nature, whatever, you know. That's You know when the, the, the kids start running in the fall? Yeah. I always get excited about that, yes. about that time, just because everyone's, it's a new season, and there's usually a band playing in the middle distance of, like, a football, and I lived right next to, on 1428 Columbus Drive, there was a... It was the high school band, and you oh, could yeah. hear all the drums, sure. and it was like we were making caramel apples, and, yeah. you know, it just reminds me of a time, but also there's a lot of naked people running around yeah. down t- down Belmont. And women, you know, we like seeing guys with their shirts off just as much as guys like seeing... <laughs> I think that people don't understand... Men maybe don't understand that women are highly sexed as well, mm. and, and titillated by... The, the I'm form. not tri- like yeah no I mean I, I get that if we're looking just at a at a person's body I I I appreciate that scene like a Norman Rockwell just an oh we went fun. to different places then. oh really <laughs> well because you think Norman Rockwell and I'm thinking you're thinking of Barry White <laughs> I think Norman Rockwell but I I'm I'm particularly I'm a big fan of just uh, wit. Oh, wit is yes. my is my six pack. Like, yeah, I don't really find like I'm not factually attracted to just beautiful men. I, I like, funny, weird. I am so there with you. But stuff. in but but when I see a nice specimen of a human, mm-hmm. I I think that looks good. But it's inconsequential when it comes to my dating life. No right. guy I've ever dated has looked alike, but they have all shared a quality which is intelligence and humor mm-hmm. two qualities no so yeah I'm with you it, they have to be funny you know yeah. funny people need funny people I think funny, funny. Yeah, yeah for real yeah I'm dating a guy that's that's really smart and I don't feel like he can say he, he, I don't know if he thinks he can say big words around me because <laughs> is he a civilian or a music person he's Jewish <laughs> He's a music person, but he's incredibly smart. We just have different. We have a different way of telling a joke, and um, you know, it's it's taken a while for us to get to know each other. But I'm learning he's really funny, and I, we were so busy trying to win each other over that we never won each other. Over. We were so busy trying to. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was one of those things. But you know, now that the wall is down, it's now we're getting somewhere where we're just enjoying each other. Because yeah. he's a chef and he's Ooh, super that's fun. cute. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Are you scared to date? Scared? Yeah. Um, yeah, like after like seven months is when I start getting scared because then 
I've run out of bits. <laughs> I've, I've run out. The, the show is over. <laughs> and now uh, Emily Nemers is here. Yeah. You want some ramen noodles? Like, yeah. Is, yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, but it's interesting, the fact that, so you have a stage name, Emily West. Emily West and Emily Nemers. Never know who sh- who's going to be what. You're getting a little bit of, uh, is that of a crossbreed today. Is it confusing to be uh-huh. two people like that? A little bit. I mean, not anymore. I, you know, if I call my dentist, I'm like, it's for Emily West. Well, we have you down as Emily Nemers. Well, oh, you know, that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, that's why I have pictures like this. It's me, a young me in a frame. Like, I'm still that girl. Like, I, st- I was acting here. Yeah. So I'm acting now. But, you know, and there's so many parts, but... I think that it's really simple when I break it down. As long as um, I'm true with my myself, and if I want to be funny, I can be funny. If I want to be serious, I can be serious. That's Emily West and Emily Members. You know. What's your end? What's your goal? Who is it? What's your my end goal for my life? Yeah. Um, I'm at the age. I'm 36 now, and I'm at the age where I think. I think I want kids, but then again, I don't. Um, I've always played with dolls as a little girl, and I would always, like, try to breastfeed them underneath my shirt. Um, but I don't know if, if I would make a, I mean, I think I would make a good mom. I think I would love, I love taking care of things. But then I, then I stopped taking care of them, so I don't know if the kid would be a stable kid or not. And I don't know if I'm necessarily, um, gonna be a mom, but I, I have to, I don't know. Um, I would love to have a daughter, though. Maybe I'll just get a dog. My my end goal, I think I'm probably going to be an old, famous person. Does that make... And then I know that's a shallow thing to say. I'd like to be married, but I'd, I would like to have a, a one-woman show. Mm. Be brave enough to really get this thing done and be Elaine Stritch and... Um, what about being Emily West? No, no, no. I say like an El- Elaine Stritch kind of type okay, where yeah. she basically tells the story of her life. I have copious amounts of journals that are hilarious and, yeah. and so brutally honest and sad and funny. And and um, I don't know. I think I have a lot of things to say. But I on a, it, I don't know. That's such a hard question. My, my goal would be to maybe knock out American Actress on the guitar at the Opry one day nice. and not mess up and yeah. and um, have a backyard and have a garden and and be funny sometimes in Vegas. Do you and, get and maybe have a, a daughter that yeah. I adopt? Oh, there you go. I don't know. What's your today? That's my answer. Yeah. What's your least favorite thing about yourself, and your most favorite thing about yourself? That's a great question. Um, the least favorite thing about myself is that the least favorite thing is that I don't trust myself mm. and I think it's because I um, I'm, I'm just hard on myself um, and I'm learning to overcome that and I th- and I think I'm pretty probably alright of a person I'm pretty good um, the good thing, uh, the the best thing about myself is that I, um, I'm a survivor and I'm, I'm a good, I'm a good person to have at parties and also to have 
in a bedroom with just a friend that needs me. Mm-hmm. I, I can I can switch pretty quick. So. Yeah. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Oh, it's the cake batter, ah. and it's everything on top, the gummy bears and the heath. <laughs> it's how I am my personality. It's just everything on top. You strike me as somebody who cooks well. Are you a good cook? I am a good cook. Yeah. I can do that. I get I get weirded out with chicken, though. Oh, yeah, it's gr- I can't it's touch just, raw meat. It freaks me out. That's what she said. I love, I love touching raw meat. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think that it's the consistency of it, and I don't know if it's fresh. I don't or not. But yeah. I do love, I love to entertain. Yeah. I love making people feel good. And, you know, I got off the watermelon for I know. you, which was uncovered in the refrigerator. But It looks beautiful. Um, yeah, I like, I like to cook. Do you cook? I do. I, I enjoy cooking for other people. Mm-hmm. Not, left to my own devices, I am a I eat quesadilla almost every day. I mean, that's yeah. just kind of my and I have a salad. That's basically salad for dinner, quesadilla for breakfast. I'm golden. It's just pretty much a creature of habit in that way. But I do love a dinner party. It's oh, my most favorite thing. I one day just want to have a baby so we can have a baby shower where we can have those cucumber sandwiches, the little tiny ones. <sighs> the only reason I go to baby showers is to have the cucumber sandwiches. You need a baby for that? Just have, well, a, have, a, have a tea party. They used to be called tea parties. I'm not a pregnant, shower. Bring cucumber sandwiches and drink. No, when I was little, I remember my mother would throw tea parties for her women friends, and they would have, there was cucumber sandwiches with butter, and there was cucumber sandwiches with mayonnaise, and they had all the, all the crust cut off, and there was tea, and there was cookies, and ladies talked, and I remember that distinctively. I miss this. I miss just conversation. Oh, it's so good. good at this. I love conversation. Yeah. And I prefer the conversation of strangers most of all, but it's good when it's there's a funny thing that happens even amongst friends and especially amongst lovers where in the beginning when you are strangers and there's you have a vulnerability but there's that fearlessness too where you're kind of allowing yeah so you can be and you create yeah and you're just and you're letting the walls down and all that kind of stuff there's something that happens after you're with someone friend or lover that you forget how to be you forget how to listen and you forget how to be excited and you forget you, you know what I mean like you take it for granted I think it happens with friends and and lovers both it's not just with lovers um so there's that fun thing that I I am drawn to people. My friends are those who don't ever forget how to be excited to be in the moment and have the conversation. I love that. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Complacency. Yeah. Is a is a plague. Right. Do you sit and read a lot of books? I read the I'm voracious. I can tell. Yeah. I ri- I buy a lot of We saw each other at the bookstore. Can we talk about that night? Yeah, sure. I was having a bad day that I could, day. I, you could tell. You could. You came up to me, Susan. Susan was so sweet. <laughs> it was the, the. It was the day that the um, "Don't Ever Go to Paris" when you're lonely came out, and and I was just kind of having one of those emotional vulnerability overload. Like I was like, oh, I hope people look at this video. I'm so proud of it. But where's the music business going? Completely selfish day. I was in my sweats, and I decided to go to the bookstore to buy a paper calendar, but I didn't. I bought books that I still haven't read yet. And I saw you with your friend Cora, mm-hmm. and I just needed to see you. It was just like so sweet. At first, you know, I was like, oh God, I know her and I look like crap and I hope she doesn't see me, but you saw me. And then the moment you 
you saw me, it was like, hey, I appreciated that day. I really did. Okay. That was a that was a, a weird day. I appreciated that. Do you know? I think for so I remember that day as well. I was there to see uh, this a lecture of a friend of mine, Kate O'Neill, and uh, you know that bookstore Parnassus, which is a fantastic Amazing. bookstore here in Nashville. Um, and I was looking down or something, and you you went by me, and I just saw the the back of your hair, and my brain registered that energy is Emily West. Like I I recognized your energy, not not you really per se. And I thought really, and I looked again. And, and then I kind of caught a little glimpse of your face. I was like, Emily. And I think what you're speaking about is something that, again, that feeling of, I see you. Mm -hmm. I don't care about any of the other stuff. Like, you see me. You don't care about all the other stuff. It's that moment where you go, oh, there you are. Mm -hmm. All that other crap doesn't matter. So yeah, even I in our worst day. I really, and I felt, with that being said, I just felt so seen. And I felt um, like, all right, like you just, you, the way you, you treated me and your kindness and your, you looking at me, I just felt like, wow, we're all, we're all just walking each other home. And I really appreciated that. Oh, really did. Thank you. That's nice of you to say so, that. I mean, thank you for that. And I think people don't understand, too, that when you give birth to a record or a video or anything creative, it is terrifying to bring that baby into the world and hope that people love it and think it's pretty and, you know, want to send the baby further off into the world and all that. I mean, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's so hard. It's really, it, it, it is hard, but it's just more, I, I, I think it's a great video. You should check it out. It's a very good, it's and a I'm going to put, I'll put links to everything on Hey Human Podcast oh, cool, as well. Yeah. But. It's a great video, but like, it's just sometimes I don't, like, it's a trend. Did I tell you this, I didn't tell you the story, I was driving to, Al to Alabama, and, and I'm in the car driving for the show, and I don't look like I, I do on stage. Of course, it takes some process in the curling iron and all that stuff, and I look like, Hello, my name is Little Edie from Great Gardens, and I get out of the car, and he goes, uh, the dressing room is over there, the show time's at 7, where do you want to sleep? You know, like, it was, so he knocks on my door 10 minutes before the show, and he goes, all right, we had to, hey, you look just like the picture, just what I ordered, you didn't look like that when you walked out of the, it was a transfer, so anyway, I feel like. That's it is so it's one of my favorite moments of all time but yes I, I look just like the picture and the guy started treating me like great but that day like I don't know I, I'm a great transformer and that day I was like I didn't care but you saw me anyway and I loved it oh okay. absolutely um name the record again it's called Sym symphonies and uh the new single is out now called don't ever go to Paris when you're lonely the next single is he heaven and back which we do the video next week Exciting. That'll be fun. And I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I do, when I, the first time I heard, again, that Don't Ever Go to Paris When You're Lonely was at that same show, and I was like, this is so great. Was this from the 40s or something? Or, you know, and in the song, you mentioned the word suicide, mm. and I thought, wow, now see, there's some truth, because every publisher in the world was probably like, don't put suicide in there, you know, mm -hmm. but not our publisher. But <laughs> Britney Spears, when she was singing, every time I run, you know, she dies. Like, all the, all the pop stars get to die in their songs, which is kind of 
drama and fun. Whitney Houston, well, shit, oh. she really did. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too soon. Whitney, oh. Uh. Yeah, no, just uh, suicide. I, it's just about, it's, don't take yourself too seriously. Just jump off the Eiffels in Paris, Tennessee. We, I couldn't afford the real Paris. We went to Tennessee to shoot it. And Eiffel, you could give the tourists an Eiffel. Yeah, it's you brilliant. You could jump off the Eiffel. Yeah, it's brilliant. Daniel Tashin, brilliant man. Yeah, it's brilliant. Emily West, thank you know, welcome to the planet. Thank you, darling. I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much. Keep shining. Thanks for being human. Thank you for being human. <laughs> Y'all be human. Bye, everybody. Bye.